Let us stand. Sing our call to worship. Good morning. Welcome to Love Joy. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I am so glad that you are here this morning as we come together to worship God and to celebrate our graduates this morning for all the work they have done to get to where they are at this day. If you'll take a look at your bulletin, you'll see announcements there. They've been running here on the screen. Uh, we do have no choir tonight. The next meeting for Methodist Men is June 2nd. Uh, the next UMW meeting will be the June 12th picnic, which everyone is invited to. Uh, there is a sign-up sheet back on the uh, a podium in the uh, back uh, entrance area there. If you'll please sign up for that so that we just know how many people to plan for. Um, so please do that. Uh, we have an admin council meeting tonight at 6. Everyone is invited. We've got some things that we've got to discuss and talk about, uh, about the future of where we're going from here with the church. So please come to that. Everyone is invited to that. Uh, like I said, today we're honoring our graduates, you'll see there. Uh, and we have a nominations and leadership development uh, meeting on June 5th at 4 o'clock. Uh, and as it uh, is on the screen, we are in need of people to read scripture, liturgy, offer prayer, and read prayer to operate sound and video. So if you would like to do any of those things, please see me, and I will make sure that we find you a place where you can be a part of worship. Are there any other announcements this morning? Wow, wonderful. So thank you, everyone who supports the youth of the church. $1,450. That is amazing. Thank you all for that. Uh, any others this morning? Oh. Yes. Yes, that, that has not been in the bulletin. We have been announcing it. Um, the secretary needs to be fired and rehired again. Um, but that's okay. Yes, we, we, get, we have food, covered dish back there, so please come and join us uh, as we continue the celebration after worship when we share a meal together uh, after worship, so uh, please come to that. Any others? Well, let us open with prayer. Let us pray together the prayer that's found in your bulletin. Let us pray. Loving companion, you give your people visions, allowing us to believe in your words. We come to you today to keep our word, profess our love, and proclaim our faith. 
Nurture our hearts with your teachings and nurture our minds with your grace. Amen. Let us sing our song of preparation, number 103, Immortally Visible, God Only Wise. You may be seated. Before we invite the graduates up, and I invite Kathy to come forward, uh, I wanted to play this video that is some graduation nuggets. Hey everybody, Tommy and Eddie here. We would just like to share some words of wisdom with the graduating class. It seems that a chapter in your life is closing and now a new one opens. And over the years, there have been so many great graduation speeches. We'd like to just condense those down for you and give you just the great nuggets. These nuggets may have the power to change your life. Yep, the world may call them cliches. We like to call them words that transcend the human ellipse of time. Mm, no, I just think we'll stick to nuggets of life. I think that's really good. Mine is so much better. <gasps> Wait, let's call them life nuggets. That's basically what I just said. It's really not. Yeah. The first one is this, eat your vegetables. Seems like your mother was right. Yeah, you'll feel better, you'll go to the restroom more, and that beta carotene may just save your life. Here's another one. When it comes to praise or criticism from other people, treat it like chewing gum. Chew it, see if there's any truth in there, but don't swallow the gum of praise or criticism. That's true. Scientists have proven that swallowed criticism or praise will stay in your digestive tract for seven years. Here's another one. Wherever you go, 
there you are. No, that is uh, just, just like a cliche that your uncle says at a family reunion. Mm, okay, okay, what about this? Live, love, and laugh. laugh. Yeah, I saw that one coming a mile away. That is cliche as don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls that do. Okay, okay, all right, Here, here's one. When it comes to your future, don't sit there and worry about it. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It'll let you do something for a little bit, but it'll get you nowhere. Yes, but if that is true, Cracker Barrel's been promoting worry for years. Here's one for you. Dance the Paso Doble, even if by yourself. Mm, I think they call that the Paso Single. Oh, good to know. Here's something. When people ask you, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Don't fret if you don't know the answer. There's a lot of 30-year-olds that don't have the answer to that yet. Mm, but don't be that 30-year-old that is still sleeping on their parents' couch. That is so true. You know what? Go ahead and take out a pen and paper right now and write your parents an IOU. Yeah, I owe you a couch, preferably one without Cheeto stains. Mm. When you fast forward the tape 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed with the things that you didn't do than the things that you did. So take some chances. Maybe you could make this your life prayer. God, help my character catch up with your blessings. And realize nothing in your life has taken God by surprise. It says it in his word, Proverbs 16, verse 9, that man may make his plans, but God will direct the path. And listen, God has given you everything you need to be the person he created you to be. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and be who he created you to be. So go, go in blessings, go out there with your life, and go in peace. Realize who you belong to and take his story and make history. And if you don't remember anything else that we told you, please heed this. Eat your vegetables. It's really good for you. so proud of all of you and all your accomplishments and everything.
And because it is, we are celebrating that, um, I got one more video I want to share with you from Skit Guys, and this one is called Your Story. Uh, and I thought it was just a special thing to kind of remember what our stories are. Remember when people used to ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up? And do you remember all those possibilities that lay before you? Maybe they were about how you were going to become an astronaut or a princess. Or maybe you wanted to be a ninja turtle or a professional athlete. Whatever it was for you, these possibilities were the process of you trying to figure out who you would eventually become. Essentially, they were the first seeds of consideration sown in your heart about answering the question, what could be out there for me? Now let's be honest, most of us won't become astronauts or princesses, and even fewer of us will become ninja turtles, but that doesn't matter. What does matter though, is the reality that we will become something. And what matters even more than that is answering the question of what that something will be. Remember when you were a kid and it seemed like life would only begin after you became a grown-up? Because once that happened, the possibilities were endless. You could stay up as late as you wanted. You could eat candy for dinner or even keep that dog you just found. Well, guess what? That moment of your life beginning, it's here. It's happening. You are graduating. You're closing a chapter while also opening a brand new one. And as you write the rest of your story, here's a few things to remember. Work hard, not just at your job, but in life. Listen more than you talk and make relationships that last a lifetime. Find the right person to marry and remember, you have to be the right person for them too. Take risks, travel, remember the compliments you receive and forget the insults. And definitely don't forget to laugh. Also, stay in touch with your parents. Your mom worries about you. Jesus once said, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. And that's what you have the chance to achieve. Life, a full life. So go on and live it. So once again, congratulations, graduates. You've got a whole life ahead of you and hope you enjoy it. As we continue this morning, uh, we're going to uh, join together in a prayer of confession, assurance, and pardon as it is plan, uh, printed in your bulletin. So let us go, come now before the Lord and confess our sins. Let us pray. Lord, we confess our day-to-day -day failure to be truly human. Lord, we confess that we often fail to love with all we have and are, often because we do not fully understand what loving means often because we are afraid of risking ourselves. Lord, we confess to you. Lord, we cut ourselves off from each other and we erect barriers of division. Lord, we confess to you. Lord, we confess that by silence and ill-considered word, we have built up walls of prejudice. 
Lord, we confess that by selfishness and lack of sympathy, we have stifled generosity and left little time for others. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Help us listen to your word of forgiveness, for we are very deaf. Come, fill this moment, and free us from sin. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. Amen. We now take time to lift up our joys and concerns so that we can pray with and for one another. Uh, we have last week's list. Uh, we will be getting another, a new one, updated one next week. Uh, the ones we do have to add this morning are uh, Dixie and Carol. Carol is home. Uh, Carol and Dixie are doing well. They're responding well and they're healing well. So we're going to continue to pray that all that goes uh, in the right direction and that Carol is not affected any more than he already is. Uh, and we're thankful that uh, they're back home together now so they can help take care of one another uh, and there's not a, a separation there, so we are thankful for that. Are there others to add this morning? Uh, we can take off uh, Bonnie Mabry. She is doing very well and has gone back to work, so we are thankful for all the prayers for, for her. Uh, but let us take our joys and concerns to the Lord in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we are thankful. We are thankful that you hear us. We are thankful for the things that you have given, given to us, given to others. We are thankful for the healings that have come. We are thankful for the miraculous things that are of you. Lord, we come this morning. We come with this list that we have, we come with the list that we have on our hearts and in our minds. We have those things that are weighing heavy on us right now. But Lord, you told us to bring our yoke to you and to pick up the yoke of Christ. So this morning, Lord, let us lay down our yokes, our burdens at your feet. And let us pick up the yoke that is you, that is of Jesus, that is of God. Lord, let us carry that yoke. And let us be who you have called us to be. To be the people of Christ. Lord, this morning as we have come together... We have come at a time when many other churches are also meeting. Some have met already. Others will meet later across this country. And Lord, we are thankful for all the prayers of your church and all the blessings and the ministries that goes throughout the communities where your presence is. 
So this morning, Lord, we join the chorus of voices that have prayed your prayer this day and in the centuries and millennia before this day. We join in that chorus that saints and sinners have prayed for so many generations. We pray the prayer that you taught us pray, to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the Psalms. It is our Psalter reading, number 791, in the back of your hymnals. This is Psalm 67. 791 in your hymnals, Psalm 67. Let us read this together. O God, be gracious to us and bless us and make your face to shine upon us. That your way may be known upon earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth is yours its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. God has blessed us. Let all the ends of the earth fear God. This morning we will be singing the doxology as the offering is brought forward. So let us stand and sing. God, from city to city, you continue to bless our lives. Wherever we find ourselves, the bounty of your peace meets us there. We bring these gifts to you in order to share our bounty as you have shared yours with us. May those who need these gifts find your presence even as they receive what they need. May their paths of faith be lit with your light as ours have been. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I gotta find a vent. It's a little, it's a little toasty under this thing. I ain't worn it in a while, so a little, little air, little air, air out there. Our New Testament lesson this morning is Acts uh, chapter sixteen, verses nine through fifteen. So Acts verse six, uh, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. 
he stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave from the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We sailed from Tros straight for Samothrace and came to Neapolis the following day. From there we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in the city several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the, woman who had, the women who had gathered. One of these women was Lydia, a Gentile god worshiper from the city of Tyatira, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, Now that we have decided that I am a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. Then our gospel lesson comes from John chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. Hear now what the gospel of John says. Jesus answered, Whoever loves me will keep my word. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever doesn't love me doesn't keep my words. The word of that you hear isn't mine. It is the word of the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The champion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give you, give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. You have heard me tell you, I'm going away and returning to you. If you loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than me. I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have come here this day to hear your message and your word, Lord, we are thankful for the reading of your scriptures and the singing of your praises. So Lord, as we come now to hear the message that you have for us, open our ears to hear, open our minds to listen, open our hearts to receive. May the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Whew, I got to come out of this thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little toasty. So we have been talking about living with the end in mind. We've been making a journey through the book of Revelation. Uh, this revelation of Jesus Christ, as it is told to us in the very beginning of Revelation, and we are five weeks out from Easter, so we are still living in the Easter tide. We have not made it through the 40 days yet uh, to Pentecost, so we are living even now today in the resurrected times of Jesus, in the times when Jesus has been risen from the dead and gone and ascended into the heavens so we are reminded of these first times that these people were living. 
See, we began our journey in Revelation with the end. It talked that we were at the beginning of a Revelation, and it was talking about the end. And then we moved to talking about the vision of worship and the vision of the church. And we heard about a God of new beginnings. So today we are continuing our journey in Revelation in the 21st and uh, the end of the 20, well, part of the 21st and the beginning of the 22nd chapter of Revelation. So we're going to be starting reading verse 2110 and then we'll jump down to verses 2122 through 225. So let us hear what uh, the book of Revelation has for us this morning. Verse 10 says, He took me in a spirit-inspired trance to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I didn't see a temple in the city, because its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. The city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it, because God's glory is the light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is vile and deceitful, but only those who are registered in the Lamb's scroll of life. Then the angel showed me the river of life-giving water, shining like crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. Through the middle of the city's main street, on each side of the river is the tree of life, which produces 12 crops of fruit, bearing its fruit each month. The tree's leaves are for the healing of the nation. There will no longer be any curse the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They won't need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will rule forever and always. Again, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Here today we are given this vision of the holy city coming down out of the heavens as shown to John in a spirit-inspired trance. He was taken up to the mountaintop. Now this is not like the mountaintops that we have read about in the Old Testament where people went to meet God. This is the mountaintop where he gets to see God descending from the heavens. A place of great vantage point where you can see so many things. When you go to the mountaintops, you can see far and wide and you see the valleys. Sometimes mountains are blocking your view to see any further. But if you get on that highest mountaintop, you can see for miles and miles and miles. And here's where he was viewing the city coming down. Now, we did skip all the details about the city and picked up again when we were talking about that John did not see a temple. Because, see, in those days in Jerusalem, there was always a temple at the, sit, at the center of God's city because that's where the Holy One resided. 
So we have this physical description of heaven. And when reading the scriptures, sometimes we take an easy interpretation path, which is very normal and okay. It's okay to take the simple way to interpret things, but sometimes we just need to think a little bit deeper about the meanings of things. We need to look at the context that is a part of the scriptures. We need to understand the knowledge of the time period. We need to know who the speaker was, who the writer was, and who were the first listeners that it was written for. And when we put the work and the time into understanding these very things, often a deeper meaning arises. You see, on the surface, we hear that there is no temple and are told that one is not needed because God is with the city. God is the city. The temple was where God resided. But now God was with the people. In the death and resurrection of Jesus, the temple was no longer needed because there was no more separation between the holy and humanity. The curtain for the place of the holy of holies was torn when Jesus died on the cross. Christopher Rowland states, If a temple separates divine presence from the rest of the world, then here the divine is immediately present. Without a preserve to guarantee and, ident and identify holiness, Christ's presence in the world, found in a variety of places, takes the place of the temple in sharing the holiness of God. Heaven and earth meet no longer in that temple, but they meet outside in the camp, in the place where the people are gathered, a place that was actually known for shame and reproach at one time or another. But here we have this vision of heaven here and now, heaven coming down to earth, God with us. Now, Magreta Vega says the, this, that this passage proclaims the ultimate triumph of God in our everyday lives here and now. And he points out two central metaphors within this passage, the light and the tree of life. Now, the light, called the lamb lamp, say that ten times fast, lamb lamp. No light is needed other than the light of the lamb. There is no more darkness. God's glory is referred to as the light of the world in many instances of the scripture. These words contrast with the opening of Genesis in which God separates the darkness and the light to create day and night. But see, here in Revelation, God not only separates out the darkness, but he conquers it. God conquers it, obliterates it, so that there will be no night anymore. Light, here and now. It says that there will be no shadows or places to hide from God. Everything is illuminated. Verse 24 tells us that the nations will walk by its, the Lamb light, and the kings of earth will bring their glory into it. These very kings of earth were those who were the oppressors, those who killed over ideals and viewpoints and power, are now coming before God and bringing glory into it. Joyce Holiday says, Revelation unfolds as an indictment of the domination and corrupting power of the Babylonian and Roman empires 
and by implication of all empires. Sadly, we still have empires that are reigning today. And there are people that are seen in the Christian community that are supporting them and praying for these empires. Christianity and Scripture are being used to justify human actions, oppressions, and injustices. And see, I have a hard time seeing the love in anything that does not promote love, that promotes diversity and inclusiveness and equality for all people. In this vision of the city, it is not gates and barriers that are keeping people from entering it. If you remember from the Old Testament scriptures, the temples had gates and those gates were closed and people couldn't get in. But here the gates are wide open. People are allowed to come and go as they please. So it is not God or is it, it's not the temple people that are keeping people out. It is the actions and the beliefs of the individuals that keeps them from going in. Because verse 27 tells us, nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who does what is vile or deceitful. But what is considered vile or deceitful? Well, in God's kingdom, that's God's decision. The lamb light is for all. It illumines all. It brings hidden things into light. But when we come to God in confession that we joined in just a few moments ago and have that few moments of silence to converse and to confess to God. God sees and knows. God sees how we treat people when others are not around. And this lamb light, this lamb lamp, shows the places of darkness within ourselves and offers us grace and mercy and forgiveness. The same thing that we are to bring to everyone else that we meet. Then the metaphor takes a shift from talking about the light to talking about the tree of life. Now, McGrady Vegas says the tree of life in Revelation echoes the book of Genesis, in which the tree of knowledge of good and evil becomes the impetus for humanity's downfall. But here in Revelation, the tree is a symbol of ultimate redemption. The tree of life offers the fruits of life. It produces 12 crops every month. It produces a crop for people to eat. The leaves of the tree is used for healing. So there will be no one who is in need of anything. Everyone will be seen, seen equally in the city, and everyone will be worshiping and praising God. And then something amazing. Everyone will see God's face. Now, if you remember from the Old Testament scriptures, what happens when you see God's face? You die. You are not allowed to see God's face. The ones who went up on the mountain... He got told, you can see my backside. That's all you're going to see because that's all you can handle. And just that little bit had his face shining with glory because he had been in the presence of God. So it's unheard of to see God's face. 
Yet here in this new city, in this new Jerusalem, in this new era of heaven here and now, God's face is seen and God's name is written on the foreheads. What a wonderful, glorious, awe-inspiring vision. This spirit tranced vision of the glory of God is what the believers and followers of God, the followers of Jesus, are to work to bring to the here and now. To bring the lamb lamp to the dark places, to those who are hurting, to those who are poor, to those who need clothing and food, to those who are being oppressed, to those who are suffering injustices, to those that think, act, and believe different from ourselves. This vision of the city is about bringing God's people together under one light, under God's light. Heaven here and now. Isn't that what we pray for in the Lord's Prayer? It is what we as believers should be working for. And I believe that is what Jesus did as the incarnate word of God. Jesus spent time with those who were outcasts, those who were driven from the temple and the synagogue for whatever reason. He went, he went to places where people were seen as sinners and he sat down at their tables and was chastised for it. He even went to the teachers and the preachers of the temple and they questioned him and he gave them answers. But they didn't like it. I can't recall a story in the scriptures where Jesus did not attempt to bring people together. The failures of people not coming together came because the people refused to listen or refused to believe or refused to give up the power that they had. So are we or are there things that are keeping ourselves from entering these gates? Are there things that we are having a hard time accepting or understanding due to the teachings that we have received? Do we open our minds and our hearts to listen to one another and to God? Do we seek out knowledge and understanding? Do we take into account how our actions, thoughts, beliefs will affect our neighbors, our friends, our family, and our community? We live in a world that knows people by their faults by their social labels and remembers more of the negative than they do the positive. So as are we, as followers of Jesus, not to be known for the positive? For our radical hospitality and our radical love that the Lord Jesus Christ showed us to do? Jesus' legacy was built on love of God and love of neighbor. What will our individual and community legacy be? Will it be that of radical hospitality and love or something else? See, I pray that I will be remembered for my unconditional radical love and acceptance of all of God's creation. Because I know that I don't deserve the love that I receive from God, but yet God loves me. Jesus loves me, and God loves you. Jesus loves you. 
as I say at the beginning of the service every Sunday, there's nothing you can do about it. God's going to love you no matter what. Because God loves all his creation. So we have this vision of heaven coming down, this heaven here and now, not at the end of time. But now, now is the time for the lamb light to be shown. Now is the time that the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, comes down and we live with God, among God's people, and see God's face. And what a glorious, glorious day that is. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As a response to what we have heard today, we offer our affirmation of faith, number 886 in your hymnals. So I'll ask if you will turn to 886. And it continues over onto the next page. This is the World Methodist Social Affirmation. We believe in God, creator of the world and of all people, and in Jesus Christ, incarnate among us, who died and rose again, and in the Holy Spirit, present with us to guide, strengthen, and comfort. We believe. God help our unbelief. We rejoice in every sign of God's kingdom, in the upholding of human dignity and community, in every expression of love, justice, and reconciliation, in each act of self-giving on behalf of others, in the abundance of God's gifts, entrusted to us that all may have enough, in all responsible use of the earth's resources. Glory be to God on high and on earth, peace. We confess our sin, individual and collective, by silence or action, through the violation of human dignity based on rage, class, age, sex, nation, or faith, through the exploitation of people because of greed and indifference, through the misuse of power in personal, communal, national, and international life, through the search for security by those military and economic forces that threaten human existence, through the abuse of technology which endangers the earth and all life upon it. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We commit ourselves individually as a community to the way of Christ, to take up the cross, to seek abundant life for all humanity, to struggle for peace with justice and freedom, to risk ourselves in faith, hope, and love, praying that God's kingdom may come. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let us now sing, stand and sing our invitation, song of invitation number 400, Come, Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
depart from this place, receive this benediction. God has a dwelling place with you. You have a dwelling place in Christ, a source of continual blessing in your life. Go forth to spread God's message that others may also dwell in peace. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen. We now go to feast together to have a meal, to share the table, just like Jesus and the disciples did. So let me offer this blessing over the meal we are about to receive, and I will ask that the grads are allowed to get to the front of the line so that they can get theirs first. So let us pray. Lord God, what a blessing it is to be able to sit down and share a meal together. And what a wonderful blessing it is that we can come and celebrate those who have reached a milestone in their lives. So, Lord God, as we come together, Lord, bless the food that has been prepared. We are thankful for the farmers that took care of it in the fields and those who brought it together into the dishes we are about to eat. And, Lord God, we know what we're about to eat, and we are thankful. So, Lord God, as we come together at these tables, let us just be able to commune together in a way that you have been doing for so many years. Again, Lord, we are thankful for your blessings we are thankful for your mercy and your grace. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to stop everything. <laughs>